Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to A Talking Cast The Talking Cat Podcast that nobody asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway I'm your host, Ryan Vaughn And I'm Clint And and, and what a minute we have here We have a dialogue heavy, heavy A maelstrom of, uh, well this is, this is the this I feel like this is the, the second act sort of uh, crisis that happens I guess uh, At least for Susan Yeah, this is when like everyone's world comes crashing down right here uh, Literally Yeah, Susan freaks out about a, a number of things she's having a meltdown tina who is a, a bitch on wheels is freaking out about everything and you know then you have phil who almost got ran over by a car so this these these couple minutes right here is, is kind of the the chaotic part of the movie so this is the the, the second act if you will and and, and a yes. lot of dialogue here yeah this is uh, practically a david mamet play just this yes. single minute yeah. uh yeah well, <laughs> and what's great about all of this is in the midst of all these climactic things we're also sort of getting just Phil's meet cute part two. He met with her before and they, they seem to have a banter over water that she invites him in I should say for water and then uh, you know kind of gets a little uh, they hit it off uh, almost hit it he's, off and then you know, most most great loves um, uh, begin with a conversation thanking someone for the other conversation that they had. Yes. yes. Uh, it's thank very you. specific you know and <laughs> yeah yes it's like you know, thank you for the conversation yes I also had a good conversation uh, yeah Oh, just just the chemistry drips from the screen. The love at first sight. I mean, I, I they they have a a magnetism. It's a love for oh, the ages. It uh, is. But uh, the minute itself begins. Uh, we actually get a nice indicator: the the ding of the oven going off, which is definitely not like a ding from a real oven. It just kind of sounds like someone's arrived in an old timey hotel. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like those old timey elevators that go up and bing. Yeah. And, <laughs> Floor and three, does, cheese, yeah. cheese puffs. Which, yeah. these these goddamn cheese puffs that we, we finally saw in a previous minute, but it seemed like these past five minutes or so have just hinged on these cheese puffs. And I was yeah. talking in the previous episode where it, it, it's a cheese puff movie, basically. Yeah, it's, that's just, the MacGuffin. That is the unobtainium or the glowy suitcase of this movie. Is, exactly. Is, you know, who has the cheese puffs? Will the cheese puffs get made? You know, you, you know, you can make an argument that it's, you know, it's about how Duffy makes these people's lives better. But really, it's about whether or not the cheese puffs are going to be uh, made in time for this, the big Sims account to, <laughs> to impress, you know, to be impressed by the small catering company. And, and what a tiny catering company it is i mean she yeah, they can't even afford oven mitts <laughs> yeah, i'm just gonna say that she <laughs> yeah. reaches into the oven 
No oven mitts, nothing. Her hands are burning. I'm, I imagine, you know, it's one of those things like if you've lived long enough and worked long enough in the culinary industry, you know, yeah. like chefs will get those like calloused hands for, you know, all the burns yeah. and scorches and stuff. I have to, I have to believe there was some situation in an earlier time when, you know, she just burned all of the sensation out of her hands and she's just like, she knows what she's doing and that's why she's reticent about handing them over to Phil. You look at her hands and they're just grizzled. Like, they're just, you, <laughs> just webbed with blisters and <laughs> welts and it's just, yeah, it's a horror show. Put a nail right on them, she wouldn't even feel them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and but going back to all this dialogue, yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating because I mean, like like in the rest of the films, they're like like in the rest of the conversations in the film, they're trying to like play this whole like cutesy, affable, sort of awkward, quirky thing yeah. where they're like sort of stammering over each other, but it just kind of comes across like they don't know the lines. <laughs> That's exact. It, it's not like a stammering like I, I'm. I'm talking to this girl and I want to impress her. It's it's stammering like, oh shit, what what is the next beat? Where it's like is they my just cue? had stage directions and they're just filling the air with words like describing what they're doing. <laughs> now I'm taking now I'm taking cheese puffs out of the oven. Yes. No. Those are those are hot. Those <laughs> cheese puffs are hot. Do not touch the cheese puffs. That is the crux of the scene. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 they he even t- tells her. Or she tells him they're really hot, but not hot enough for her. Yeah. Because she just reached into the oven. Lead by example, Susan. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And well, that's, uh, I think it's great that she uh, says that she needs to get back to the gig. The gig, like, yeah. Yeah. Who is she? <laughs> such hep, just hep slang, you know? Yeah, she's not in a band. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I can come back, and Phil's like, I can come back another time. And Susan's like, yeah, I'd like that. I'd, I would like that. Yeah, it was a really awkward kind of delivery. She said, yes, I would like that if you would come it's back these, again. It's these two love robots trying to. It's like Wall. It's like watching Wally all over yeah. again. If Wall, if you didn't think that Wally uh, had enough words in it, yeah, Wally manifested into flesh, and then in the form of. To be fair, uh, Phil kind of looks like one of those guys on the spaceship in Wally. Like he should be floating around with a little chair and a little like a uh, freezy cup. Yeah, he he has a very particular look. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Particular is is a very kind way. I think yeah, yeah he spent too much time out in space, and his bones have now uh, expanded. There's <laughs> a big pile of jelly. Uh, but then Susan calls after Tina, and Tina yeah. comes in. Tina comes in like she's already been on her way, <laughs> and has a complete yeah. non-reaction to Phil. Who's this guy? To an in, to like a strange male intruder in their home. Not that yeah. I'm saying that she should have grabbed her taser, but it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who's this guy? Yeah. yeah. It was it was like a like you you have a gentleman caller in the house. Who is this guy? Well, she is taken by him, and it takes her a little while. And and Tina is not all that bright because no, <laughs> much as she was, she would like to believe that she is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she thinks she's so smart. Yeah. She introduces him as Phil, and then a whole page of dialogue later, she says, "Wait a minute, is your name Phil?" <laughs> that's true. No but I mean, I guess shit. it's part uh, of Duffy's kind of mystical meeting of of random people. It's like Lost if Lost had like four people on the island <laughs> and we were not supposed to be that impressed that they all met each other. Four complete idiots who you don't care about. I mean, I Yeah. None of them are relatable. They're just all sort of like strange, stammery robots. And then, um, yeah, like sort of putting on human affectations, but not really pulling them off. Um, but yeah, so, okay, here's my question. Um, is it the ding that makes Phil drop the cheese puffs? No, he sees Duffy, and uh-huh. Duffy actually says to him, don't freak out, Phil. Yeah. And then he freaks out like he's on acid and saw a cop. And yeah. <laughs> 
Like he's never seen a goddamn cavity. Just he's an epileptic <laughs> fit. <laughs> oh! Yeah. You see, you've seen this cat before. You know who he is. And he just kind of I just feel like they give, us, they give us four or five different reasons for him to drop it, I guess. Which, you know, in theory maybe isn't too bad. Like, you know, he's, he's flustered at like, you know, with this cute girl that he likes, which whatever. Um, he's stunned at the, uh, he's stunned at the fact that it's actually hot. The cheese puffs are hot. Or, the ding. And the ding. <laughs> and the then ding, Duffy. the ding comes perfectly timed. It's true, it does. And then, and then Duffy. So it's the perfect storm. It's sensory <laughs> overload. And Phil yeah. just cannot hang. And he just drops it. Yeah, what a and, what a what a trick ass mark. Yeah, he is, and and he <laughs> ruins the whole Sims account. I mean, this is oh my god. And those <laughs> the Sims <laughs> asked for them specifically. I made them from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is, and the thing is, I talked about it. I talked about this in a previous minute when they're first getting the account. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure cheese puffs are the only thing she knows oh, how to make. That's it. I, I, that's exactly what I was saying in an earlier podcast. It. That's all she must know. I mean, she has, she has a niche market. It's cheese. And I even think the I think I even think the making from scratch thing is a little bit dubious. I feel like if we were to raid her trash can, there's like five Stouffer's boxes that are empty that she's just emptied out and put on a baking sheet. If anything, she's taken Pillsbury that dough and like cut it up and (laughs) thrown some cheese on top of it and called it from scratch. You're not making. It's even just like a can of Mission yeah, uh, queso just, dip. Yeah, she can't afford it. She just she's losing money on these things <laughs> right? as she said earlier, <laughs> which is just the shittiest business model in the world. I mean, it's all you yeah. got to spend money to make money. <laughs> exactly. I guess that's the, taking that really literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. and then yeah, cuz I mean, the thing is Phil Phil does offer to buy her more. Yes. And I think she needs to cover. Oh. Oh, my favorite part though is the is the reaction that Phil has as soon as he realizes he's dropped them cuz he <laughs> goes into this like 10 second long affectation like this humming 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 uh jerry springs like oh uh, oh, i i do i i I, oh oh oh." and i'm like i can't decide if he's hurt or if he's just that woman who fell off of the off of the barrel of grapes (laughs) in the great ball lady yeah Oh, 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 but but going back, yeah. Now that they're in crisis mode, and Susan's freaking out, and Tina's like, "I'm sure it's not that big of a deal, mom." Yeah, and Susan chill, chill out, mom. lays in her. It is, and it's just like I that, love it. That's actually the most emotion I've seen out of her. Yeah, uh, the whole movie. Yeah, she was she was really take like, how dare you say that that yes. is not that big of a deal? It is a big it deal. It is. This is my life. <laughs> this is what I've dedicated fifteen dollars and three weeks of work into. <laughs> the Sims account, you know, it's like I ordered name tags. Susan's pantry, country uh, catering, or whatever. Oh God, it's, God, it's so terrible. Well, well, I'm sure, like most, uh, like most country kitchens, there's just a lot of meth going on in the back. That's actually what I said earlier when uh, a couple podcasts ago is that how does Phil know when he first meets her, or not first meets her, but when he's before he got hit by the car, or almost hit by the car. He says, are you a chef? Like, she could have crack or meth in there. You don't know if she's a chef. Chafing dishes do not make you a chef. Yeah, it's a man's intuition. Yeah, he just, he's, oh, you must be a chef. Get back, yeah. in, the, get back in the kitchen and cook yeah. me something. But, and the best part about this minute, though, and the fact, and it, it, it's really a testament to the strength of the script and the way they handle drama and pacing, is that we're already immediately on to the issue of who's Duffy and who does Duffy belong to. Yes. Seconds later. And that's kind of what I was going to just jump, jump into, is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about that, uh, who owns Duffy, and Duffy's like, hey, relax, man. I'm my own I'm cat. My... I'm, I'm my own cat, man. <laughs> I just ride with the wind. <laughs> 
Right? This is just an episode of Kung Fu to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, just just roam the desert, man. Just... <laughs> and so it feels like, yeah, well, he comes and goes and he pleases, but he's kind of my cat. Yeah, yeah, meaning that like he's not yours. Why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> And then somehow that reminds Tino, hey, wait a minute, is your name Phil? Yeah. <laughs> so we're already in in a single minute, we've had like three different, three or four different probably uh, new sort of sub- subjects. And, uh, you know, the fact that they can flit, you know, about them so seamlessly is, is I think, uh, one of the film's greatest strengths. And, and, and we determine that Tina is an idiot. I mean, uh, Tina's an idiot and Susan knows it. Yeah. And she is constantly like, I think, I think. Tina gets it from Susan. Oh, yeah. Her, her constant abuse of Trent. You know, the sense of the mother. You know, what can I say? I mean, Susan is a mess. Tina is a mess. I mean, like mother, yeah. like daughter. Or like daughter, like mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least Trent has imagination. Yeah, he, he has no imagination, but has imagination. I, I didn't... <laughs> you have no imagination, Trent. Oh, oh no, I do. A cat told me so. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But the minute does end with yet another snipe at Tina from Susan. Like, just just how could you not get that <laughs> that your name is Phil, or that, that his name is Phil? I told you that Are when you came in. Are you an idiot? Yeah. I told Which, you. On the one hand, she is an idiot. But on the other hand, I don't know if you've ever had this problem. But, you know, like, when you go into a party and people are introducing themselves and it happens so quickly that, like, you know five minutes later you're not going to remember the name. I, I'm, I'm like that a lot, too. You know, I, I used to, when I was playing shows, like, in a band and, and talked to this one kid and met him at a concert. And we were friends for years later. And I forgot the kid's name upon meeting him. And <laughs> <laughs> for years I just referred to him as Dude. And hey, man. Yeah, right, because there's a certain threshold. There's a certain, like, grace period when someone tells you their name. Exactly. And you get, like, you get, like maybe five, ten minutes max, like, if you're really being generous, to, like, ask again to get it. But after that, you've had too much conversation with them to be like, hey, I know we've been talking for a while, but I chose to ignore that I don't know your name. <laughs> I forgot What is it name. now? <laughs> well, I ended up stalking this kid to where he worked, and he had a name tag on, and then it was Jeremy. So I just kept calling, hey, Jeremy, hey, man, hey, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> that, that's when you find an excuse to go through their wallet, I think, is, what, is how that go through works. Your wallet. So I like to believe Tina was being proactive, is what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I know he said it, but then all this other shit with the, uh, with the cheese puffs happened, so and I need Duffy, to recalibrate. Yeah, and I just want to make sure, is your name Phil? Yeah, yes, I just, it is. I need to know. Um, and to be fair, that leads us into uh, a, a constant, a, another inter, interweaving sort of uh, bit of Duffy magic work. But that subject, I guess, is for the next minute. I suppose. Yes, it is. It is. And she jumps right into it. But yeah, she's uh that was a really dialogue heavy minute. I mean, that was probably the biggest one I've seen so far. Oh, so full of drama. Because I've already covered, We've. I'm sure we've, we've both covered so many minutes of this film where nothing happens. And I feel like they saved it all for this. If this is they totally redeem themselves right here. Yes, <laughs> it's the total. It's a total Jeff Daniels moment. It, it, yeah. it is. They totally redeem themselves of just complete. So much happened, yet nothing happened, and this scene might have been one of those moments. Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly an excuse to get Tina back to Phil's house. Oh, woof. just kind of creepy. I but mean, yeah, he, that's... he definitely has a thing for her, or she has a thing yeah. for him. It's one of those, but it's you know, it's professional respect. But I guess, but again, that's another that's an issue for another minute. I yeah, suppose. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, that is that has been the uh, talking cast minute, and this was what episode was this again? Uh, episode fifty four minute 53 there we go look at that i'm losing track of the minutes already <laughs> all right 
Okay, well, we want to thank you guys for listening. Do you have anything to add to this moment? Yeah, um, those of you who are, I, I've already plugged it a few times on previous episodes, but uh, I am the co-host of Alcoholywood. Uh, it's another film podcast where we talk about uh, movies in the context of drinking games, and we also make a cocktail for a movie every week. Uh, you can find that at alcoholywood.com, A-L-C-O Hollywood, and uh, it's also on iTunes and Stitcher, along with uh, Talking Cast. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you for joining us. All right, well, this has been a Talking Cast. And if you like what you heard, you can like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash a talking cast and giving us the old thumbs up there. Or you can follow us on Twitter at at a talking cast. And until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Clint. And this has been a talking cast. Take care. Bye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 54 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Brian Vaughn with guest Clint Worthington. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Rest in peace, Abby Randazzo.